of course, we are thriving and exploring in 2024 and thriving in love. And uh, my theme, our topic for this morning would be responding to the love of God. If you can repeat after me, responding to the love of God. Amen. And the scriptures that I will be reading will be from John 3, 16, Romans 5 and 8, Psalms 36 and 7, Jeremiah 31 and 3, and Romans 8, 37 through 39. And there are so many more, so many more scriptures in the word of God that I tell you the topic of love is his top topic in the word of God, talking about his love for his people. And we, we know that the word love has been, um, you know, it's is kind of opinionated by different people what they think and what they feel love is. But we're going to really try to, um, to define what the true love is from God's perspective. Not from man, but from God's perspective. Amen? Amen. God's love is like no other love. He's... His love cannot be compared to, to the love of our parents, our spouses, our families, our friends, or anything. His love is unexplainable, indescribable, and unmeasurable. We have missed what God's love is all about because we think that it's the love of mankind. Just with how we love each other, we think God loves us the same way, but his love is far, far beyond that. Amen. His love is different from any other love. Do you want to know why? Say why. <laughs> it's because God is love. He is love and everything about God is love no matter how you look at it. John 3.16, which I will re uh, reference that uh, pretty much through uh, the time that I'm standing here. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his only begotten Son to die for the sins of this world, meaning every human being on the face of the earth, he went to the cross for us. Amen? God's love is not like human love. That's why it's misconstrued. His love will never be like our love. We cannot measure or compare God's love with the way that we associate love feelings with human beings. So God gives us a better understanding of what it means to love him, ourselves, and others. God is love, so let's explore and see how different God loves us than how we love one another. What is love? It is God, because God is what? Love. But the world definition is totally different from the word of God. The world says a quality or feeling of strong or constant affection from and dedicated to another person. God's love, God loves us, and we, he wants us to respond to it, but according to the word of God, and excuse me, to the world system, is saying that people love because other people love them. But God loves us just because he wants to love us, in spite of, because many people do not respond to his love. 
Amen? Amen. Then it says, true love fosters a connection that goes beyond the superficial. It's a bond that often involves understanding each other's core values, beliefs, and life goals. Now, this is according to the world and, of course, to, you know, to the uh, dictionary, what true love or what love is all about. There is a connection that creates a sense of companionship with bo which both partners' feelings are mutual. They are on the same team working together towards a common goal. Most of the time, we're talking about a husband and we're talking about a wife. Amen. That's why most people, when they get married, they find something in common with each other. What is the common denominator that drew two people together? All right. That would be your answer versus my answer, because we all have what? Different answers. Amen. I don't know what attracted you to him. I don't know what attracted you to her. But nevertheless, some kind of way, you all hooked up. And you uh, became married, you became one, yes. and now you're, you're going towards the same goal. At least that is supposed to be the problem or the situation or the solution. Unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people get married for the wrong reasons. Unfortunately, it's a lot of lust going on and not enough love going on. Amen. When we think about love, what is the first thing that pops into your head? It's a sweet romance. I like romance music, and I like romancing, and I love romancing with my honey. Amen. Um, what is love when it comes to your mind, your family relationship, or the way you and your best friend always have each other's back? Do you think about things that you love to eat? A lot of times when you say, oh, I love this, I love that, I love fried chicken, I love pizza, I love soda, I love all kinds of things, or either I love cars, I love shoes, I love material things. Sometimes God is the last thing we think about when it comes to love. And he should be the very first thing, first person we think about when it comes to love. There are four types of different uh, loves described in the Bible. And that's eros, a romantic love between two people. Philia, a brotherly love, like you uh, love your best friend or your friends. And that's storegate love, family love and affection. For example, your parents, your children, the love that you have towards one another. And agape love, unconditional love, and it can only be give, given to us by God. Amen. Ways God shows his love for us. We want to talk about that agape love a little bit. Do you realize that God is loving, he is a loving God, and everything that he has given to us or towards us is because he loves us. Yeah. Even the restraints that he tells us about is for, it's because he loves us. If God said we can't do something, it's because he loves us. That's right. So a lot of people, well, God, he on this, he don't. No, no, everything about God concerning your life is because he loves you. All right. Amen, amen. So do you realize that God is a loving God and he loves you unconditionally? How do you see 
your love for him? Do you answer, do you respond back to him with your love? God has shown his love towards humanity since creation. Even after the fall in the Garden of Eden, when we had Adam and Eve, when they sinned, he still loved them. In spite of them disobeying him, he still loved them. Amen? God promised that he would love us from generation to generation. He promised never to leave nor forsake us, that he would be with us even until the ends of the earth. The ultimate act of God's love for us was when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin, and he resurrected himself in three days. And that's the kind of love that no man has for no one else. Amen. God is the only one who can meet our deepest needs and longing in our lives. A lot of times we look for it in men. We look for it in our husbands. We look for it in our wives. We look for it in our children and our friends and family. But God is the only one that can meet that deep need of love that you are longing for. All right. Only God can do it. Say, only God can do it. Amen. God's will, word is here to help us, to remind us, to, to remember that it is God that loves us and who have brought us to where we are right now. And a lot of times we sit and we wonder and we ponder, why, what, and why, how did I get here? It's because of the love of God. God loves us so much, even in our mess. Even in our faults, even in our flaws, God loves us through all of that. Man can't do that because men have limitations. You do something in a relationship and you find yourself upset with one another, it's hard sometimes for people to get that relationship back in line. But not with God. When you sin or do something in there that's contrary to the word of God, God does, he, he takes that sin, throws it to the sea, never to remember it again. And he won't bring it back up. Only we bring it back up. But God will never bring it back up. But your friend says, your friend would say, remember when you did this to me? Remember when you said that to me? But that's not the God that we serve. Our God would throw it in the sea, never to remember it again. That's the kind of God we serve. Let me calm myself down. Hallelujah. But he's the only one that can meet our deepest needs. So if you're looking for love, most people are looking for love in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. They're trying to find themselves some love in, in a man. They're trying to find themselves the love that they're looking for in a woman. They're trying to find it in, in liquor. They're trying to find it in all types of drugs and all types of illicit sets and things like that. But you won't find it until you, until you respond to Jesus' love. You won't find that peace that you're looking for. You won't find that hope that you're looking for until, until, until you fall in love with Jesus. That is one of my favorite songs. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that I have ever done. God's word is here to remind us that he will sustain us. 
when we're feeling lonely, unloved, and undeserving, and we, when we feel like the world is closing down in on us, and when we feel like we don't have enough and we don't measure up, he don't look at us like man look at us. When we're trying to prove ourselves to people and let people know that we love them and we do all kinds of things for people to get their attention and we go and we go different places to please people. We put on anything to please people, but we don't have to do all that for God. Here again in John 3.16 is a scripture that's worldwide that many people know, but many people do not respond. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. We quote it, but we don't believe it. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God showed his love for us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we weren't thinking about God, he was thinking about us. Hallelujah. Psalms 36 and 7 says, How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. This is one of my favorite, favorite. Jeremiah 31 and 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. This is a love that can never run out. My God. God's love will never run out. Never run out. But man's love, we don't know. It might run out down the road somewhere. But we can count on God's love never running out. It never runs out. That's why he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. In other words, that love keeps going and going and going and going that it never runs out. Do you know that you are loved by God? You ought to be excited every morning you get up. You ought to put a smile on your face. And I'm not saying everything that you are going through may bring a smile, but when you just think about the love of Jesus, it should bring a smile to your face. It should cause something inside of you say, God loves me. And I want to I want to love him back. You want to respond to him by saying, God, I love you back, by giving you my adoration, by acknowledging you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself. Y'all sit down. Y'all get me excited. Let me start calm myself down because this message really ministered to me, and I pray that I would deliver it in such a way that it would uh, minister to you and cause you to know how loved you are. Romans 8 and 37 through 39. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I try to um, memorize this scripture but I get some things mixed up or whatever, but I know where to find it. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I just thought about it as 
I was doing my studies and just looking at and, and sitting and meditating on the word of God about the things that we have gone through in life. You know, uh, for all those of us who are, little, you know, we got a little age on us and everything, you know, uh, um, when you start to look back over your life, the things that you have gone through in life, and we, you can find yourself in this somewhere, that death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor death, nor any everything, any else thing in creation will be able to separate you from the love of God. God brings you through with his love. All your trials, all your tribulations that you have gone through in life, all the disappointments, all the heartaches, all the pain, all the sickness that we have gone through, look at God's love. God said it won't separate me. I'll love you through it, and then you love him back by giving him praise while you're going through it. The love of Christ it's there to lead and guide you and steer you in the right direction. Because a lot of times when you are, you're going through, when you got somebody that loves you and, and there to coach you through it and there to teach you through it, you can get through that thing a little better instead of going through it by yourself. And you're saying, you know, I'm lonely, I'm disappointed, I don't have nobody to call, nobody is there for me. But that is not true when it comes to God's love. God's love is there for you to pull you through all of the heartaches and pains that you're going through in life. God is there to pull you through in the times where you don't have enough money. Some kind of way God comes through when you don't have nothing to give somebody. God comes through for us with his love. His love and kindness is better than life itself. Think about that. His loving kindness is better than life. Woo. The love of Christ. And let me tell you something about the love of God. God don't need you. But God wants you. God don't need you. But he wants you. That's why he pursues you with his love. That's why he comes after you, because he wants you. He don't really need you, but God wants you. Regardless of who you are sitting up in this place today, I don't care whether you're dark-skinned, light-skinned. I don't care whether you got money in the bank and you don't have money in the bank. I don't care what kind of car you drive. You can drive a Hoopty. You can drive a Hyundai. It don't matter. God don't look at it like man look at it. God say, uh-huh, I love you. You and your hoop did. I want you. The love of God. When you start to think about this thing called love. When you start thinking about how God loves you so much that he brings you out of the ghetto. He brings you up and out of the whole pen. He brings you up and out of the drug house. He brings you up and out out of the street. God brings you up and out because he loves you so very much. 
You've been in the joke joint. You've been all in the club. You've been in somebody else's bed that's not yours. You've been shooting up drugs and alcohol. You've been going through and drinking from stinking and smoking and choking. All these different things. And the love of God brought you up out of that. Brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look what the Lord has done. When people counted you out. When people said that you weren't going to be nobody. That you're going to be like your old daddy and your old like your mama. And you know that they weren't like God. But God seemed fit to choose you. Why did God choose you? He chose you because he loves you. God don't need you, but God wants you. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I remember, I remember our dating days. <laughs> I remember that my dating days with Bishop, and I didn't want nothing to do with him. He kept pursuing me. And every time I looked around, I seen him. Looked like we couldn't go nowhere without me seeing him. And I was blind, like most people are about God's love. You're blind about the love that you think that you want and you think that you uh, need. But I remember him pursuing me. And then once I gave in, once I gave him a chance to take me out, his pursuing overtook me. what he presented to me was love that I never had from any joker that I started to date. You understand what I'm saying? And so when he started giving to me to himself and different things and how he impressed me, I gave in, let them guards down, and say, now this might be some good. I'm saying that to say to you that God has already impressed us. Let your guards down and yield to him. Let your guards down. Somebody else, we got our guards up because we've been hurt by different people and hurt by different people and men, women, mother, father. Let your guards down. Because God want to come in and sweep you off your feet. Let God love you. Some people won't let people love them. You won't let God love you because you feel like I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I've been through this. I've been through that. 
I done been through these many men. I done been through these many women. I done had this. God won't love me. Yes, he will. He accepts you for you. You don't have to be nobody else but you. Be the best version of yourself. You don't have to impress nobody other than God. Impress him with your love. Impress God with your love. Hallelujah. Responding to God's love is a huge benefit for us. Choosing to love God back gives us hope and a future. Just knowing that we're going to see Jesus face to face and spend eternity with him makes life worth living. Oh, my God. I know we're going through trials and tribulations down here, and, and our country is chaotic, and, and things are going on, and you're saying, Lord, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do with this situation? What are we going to do with Washington? I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to come back to that. Let's talk about how can we respond to God's love. I have several things that I want to say about that. I may not get to it, but hey, that's all right. It's better to have more than enough than not enough. Amen? How can you respond to his love? First and foremost, by accepting him. I'm going to go through these uh, nine things right quick, and then I'm going to come back to them. Accepting him, trusting him, praying to him, praising him, loving yourself, loving your family, serving his kingdom with your gifts and your talents, and supporting his work. Amen? Let's go back to accepting him as your Lord and as your Savior. Giving him your life completely. He wants a full-time love affair with you. He does not want a part-time love affair with you. He don't want to be the afterthought, but he want to be your first thought. He don't want to be here and you just call him when you need him, when you need something. But no, he wants you to commune with him every day of your life. He want to tell you how much, how much he loves you. And he wants you to respond by telling him how much you love him. Amen? Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, he said, I want to love on you. Will you come unto me? Trust in him. The next one is trusting him with your life. You might not understand life right now. Why things are going the way that they are going, but you have to trust God anyhow. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I said, Lord, we know these scriptures, but what is it that we are missing? And God is saying, what you're missing is knowing that how much I love you behind the scriptures that you are reading. Do you really trust God with your life? Do you really trust him when things of going haywire in your heart. When you got sickness in your body and you can't get rid of it right now, do you trust God with your life? When you don't have what you think you need in your refrigerator, in your pocket, or, where, or in your family, do you trust God with your life? 
The next one is praying to him and building a relationship with him. Prayer is essential for every believer. This is how we get closer to God. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, pray without ceasing. Prayer is your communication line, and you want to keep the lines of communication open with God. You will want your communication lines to be down. Keep them open with God, not just when trouble hit, but every day. Every day. Prayer is what you need on a day-to-day -day basis, and it goes both ways. You speaking to God, and God speaking back to you. That's what prayer is all about. Amen. The next one, praising him for his loving unconditional, for him loving you unconditionally. You must get to a point in your life. Let me slow down right here. You must get to a point in your life where it is a must every day that you give God praise for your life. Every day. Praise is your lifeline. Not just praise, praising him when you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday, but praise is your lifeline that you get up praising him, you praise him through all of the day, and then at night tell him, thank you for getting me through another day. The Psalms just said in Psalms 34, 1 through 3, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. So we praise him at all times, even when you don't feel like it. Some of us, the praise team have to come in here and pump you up. But you should already be pumped up before you step through those doors. That's why David was saying in the book of Psalms, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You ought to be excited coming to the house of God. You ought to be excited when you're just thinking about coming to the house of God. I can't hardly sleep on Saturday night because I'm excited about coming yeah. to the house of yeah. the Lord. Yeah. I'm excited about being in his presence. And not only that, I'm excited about being with my brothers and sisters who going to help me praise the Lord. That's why he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. We need to be praising God together. I don't need to be up praising God and you sitting down on the seat doing nothing. Everybody in here should bring a praise so that we can have a corporate worship. Miracles happen in corporate worship. And sometimes y'all be hindering, some of y'all be hindering our blessings that a corporate worship should be going up and you sitting down fouling your fingernails. No, 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 it's no time for that. It's time that when we come in to praise God and give God the praise, we should all be up praising the name of Jesus. We should all be lifted up hands. And sometimes it's hard for some people to get into praise and worship because they've been in mess. 
But let me remind you something. God said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. I know if you've been messy, you've been out there doing something, get on up and praise God anyhow. It's all right, because he said, let everything, everything that has breath, that praise ye the Lord. All of God's creation know what to do except human beings. The fish know how to swim. The bird know how to flap. Everybody know what to do except human beings. We're the only ones that have our own mind. I ain't praising them today. Really? You were created to praise God.
We, can, we cannot be moody people when it comes to God's people. Let me tell you what the scripture says. Let me go to this part. Galatians 6 and 10 says, so then, while we as individual believers, this is the Amplified Bible, all right? So you may not have this version, but it's okay. Just listen to me, all right? So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual welfare and especially be a blessing to those to those of the household of faith, meaning your brothers and sisters, that we must have a special love for our brothers and our sisters in the household of faith. We're supposed to have a special love. What does that mean? Glad you asked. Special means you, you, you are extra to me. You're not the, just the average Joe Blow out there on the street. I, I'm going to treat Joe Blow all right, but listen, when it comes to you, we got favor with each other. We, we love each other. We might fight amongst ourselves, but listen here, we got each other's back. You don't have to worry about me going behind your back because I got your back. You cannot be in here holding grudges against people and trying to ask God for a blessing. No, leave your gift at the altar and go and get it right. If we do what the Bible say do, we'll be some better people. But we're so hard-headed sometimes, stiff-necked. We just want to do what we want to do because I'm grown. And that's why you, you know you're in the predicament that you're in because the Bible says, except you come as a child. See, well, if you're a child, we can correct you. But if you're grown up, we can't do nothing with you. We tell you something, then you all upset. And you're going, I ain't coming back for three weeks, four weeks. And it's the silliest things that people leave church over. The craziest thing. And I'm like, now, now your boss, do you, uh, your boss, do you any kind of way, but you take your heels back up in there the next day. We didn't let you usher today and you say, I'm gone. I'm out. No, 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 no. You got, you got to have a little bit more off about yourself. When things happen in, in life with your brothers and sisters in Christ, we got an avenue to get it right. Most of the time, it's just a misunderstanding. Most of the time, it's just a misunderstanding. And we just all, we, we're just all up in an uproar. Church hurt, church hurt, church hurt. I'm so tired of church hurt. Church, 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 that's all you hear. That's all you hear. Uh, listen, where you going to get over that hurt? Stop nitpicking it. And we, we, we don't put 10 band-aids on that. We, should, we, we ain't put no more band-aids on it no more. Take the band-aid off and heal and move forward. Heal. You got to heal from all that junk because it's a hindrance to you. It's a hindrance to you. You keep holding on to stuff. Well, you know why she did it? When did 
did she do it, baby, 10 years ago? Well, baby, you got to get over that. The scriptures say we got to endure hardness as a good soldier. You're not a good soldier if you can't endure hardness. Hardness means things are going to happen to you. People are going to hurt your feelings. People might walk over your feelings. People might say things that's not true about you or it may be true about you. But at the same time, you've got to be hard to that. You got to have some endurance in this thing. If not, you ain't going to ever make it. You ain't going to ever make it. Hallelujah. Let me go on to the next thing. Loving your husbands and your wives and your children. The home is the first place that people should experience God's love. A godly and loving home is what brings stability to our lives our marriages, our children, our family, and our churches. Unstable homes will create unstable churches. Our churches are weak because our homes are weak. We have kicked God out of our homes, our schools, our government, our country, and our churches. Sad to say, we don't want God to govern anything. We want to be our own person. We want to abide by our own rules. That's why you hear this crazy saying, what's your truth? And to each its own. What's your truth? The Bible says, let God be true and every man a lie. It all depends on the day how you feel what your truth is. It all depends if things are going your way what your truth is. But let's see what the Bible says about his truth. Because his truth prevails. Amen? Again, our homes and our churches, our schools, our government... It's all, it's all whacked. That is why the crime rate is at an all-time high. Gun violence. Do we need to talk about gun violence? Yes, we do. If you heard what happened last Sunday at Joe Osteen's church, this is ridiculous. The enemy is attacking every which way. And then we're sitting by just saying, okay, well, what do we do? Okay, well, we're going to pray and we're going to get us some guns. That's what I said. Amen. Because you got crazy people who are being influenced by the enemy to walk up in a church Take out a gun and bring your son with you. Now you know something is wrong with that person. It's at an all-time high where people are demonically possessed by the enemy. But God has given us the power to pray against the enemy and everything that he is doing. And we as a church got to recognize that. Crime rate is up, gun violence, disrespect of authority. Nobody wants to obey anybody. 
The mental health crisis is at an all-time high, especially amongst our youth. And it says that the youth, we, you know, to draw the youth, we got to do this, we got to do that. I'm like, no, for the youth, we got to preach and teach the word. That's what we got to do for our youth. The Bible says, loving themselves more than lovers of God. We have, right now, what we have now, we have coward parenting. Let me, let me deal with that a little bit. Where the children are telling the parents what to do. Children are saying, doing, wearing, going where they want to go. And the parents are too afraid to put their foot down and say no to some of these things that our children are involved with. God gave us children, for those of us who have children, the responsibility of raising our children to be God-fearing children. That is your responsibility. That is your mission. It is not the church's responsibility. It is not the school's responsibility. It is the home responsibility. Children are doing and saying whatever they want to say. You take them to the classes and you drop them off because you haven't trained them. Now you want the teacher to do it in 40 and 50 minutes. That ain't going to happen. This is a lifetime cycle for you as an individual to raise your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. What a five-year-old got saying that she cursing her teacher out at five. Five years old cursing her teacher out, telling the teacher what she ain't going to do with the neck with it. That is the parent's fault. That's what I said. Because parents, you got to nip things in the bud as you see them. You got to constantly train, 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 and train, and train. I, I want to teach them how to say yes, ma'am. Okay, well, teach them how to say it in a, in a better way than yeah. What? Huh? huh? No, that's not, that's not good at all. I had a teacher to tell me, another teacher told her, she had 35 students in her class, and she said only five want to learn. Only five want to learn. And the five struggling to learn because the 30 over there cutting the food. And the school board and the educational system sitting back saying, just babysit them. Just babysit them. Don't teach them. So here we are, the richest country. Tell me, y'all tell me. Somebody help me, help me. Y'all do the research. Tell me, we are the richest country with the poorest educational system in a civilized, in a civilized world. With the poorest educational system. And we spend millions and billions. And we still have 12th graders with a 5th grade reading level. Something is wrong with the picture. We kick God out, so this is what we get. This is 
that's what we get. We have 12th graders that can't, don't even know their address. They don't know. They, they just say, over there. Where you live? Over there. Where, where's over there? Over there. Across, across the street over there. Where's over, where's over there? What, what street do you live on? This is, this is a crisis, and look like we got smart people up there, but look like they don't know what they're doing. America is trying to run the country without God. That's why we have this crazy situation going on now. Our, political, our politicians, Lord help our politicians, can't come to no agreement because they refuse to invite God in. The country without God is chaotic. Our homes without God is horrendous. Our marriages without God is messy. Our schools without God is disorderly. Nothing will go right until we put God back in his rightful place. No, I'm not running for office, but if I was, I'd be standing and I'd be cheering on. If we get God back in the right place, things will happen. Yes, some of us need to run for the school board. We need to run for political offices. I don't know what happened to the church years ago saying that, you no, we don't need to be saved and be a politician. I don't know what you're talking about because the country that's running without or trying to run itself without God, you're going to run into all kind of chaotic things. We need mouthpieces up there in Washington, D.C. We need a mouthpiece right here in the state of Georgia. We need a mouthpiece right here in our city to talk about Jesus. Oh, help us, Lord. Back to the homes. The love of God has to be in the lives of his people. Husbands, fathers, take your rightful places. Stand up and be the man of God that God called you to be. Stop sitting back and letting somebody else run and rule your house. Lead out front. Stop waiting for the wife to lead in prayer and Bible study. I know I'm coming down your road for some of you. It's okay. Just, just ball up them, them, them toes and you're going to be okay. Let your family see you studying the Bible and praying and coming to church, coming to Sunday school, coming to Bible study without it being a special occasion. They only come when it's a special occasion. Little Junior going to be in, you know, you got a speech. And so he, he, yeah, and daddy comes. No, no, no. They need to see daddy up, getting dressed, getting ready for Sunday school, for Bible study, and for church. Yeah. Don't get me in the claps there, but it's all right. 
Let's go to the next one. Serving him with your gifts and talents. I had a little bit more about the family, but I'm going to move on. Serving him with your gifts and talents. God equipped us with gifts and talents for his glory to build his kingdom. He expects us to serve in the kingdom. You all know I was going to hit this right here because we got too many people sitting and not, a pe not enough people serving. Millions of Christians don't do anything with their gift. Since the pandemic, with almost, we almost have to pay people to come back to church. Almost got to pay you to come back to church. Well, I, I, I don't know. Is everybody all right at the church? Well, baby, did you go to work? Is everybody all right at the job? You know, as well as I do, that the church, you need the church, and the church needs you. And we need you to participate and not just come here and be a spectator. You have something to offer. God doesn't want us to beg you to come to church. He don't want us to beg you to come to noonday prayer or Bible study or Sunday school. But he wants you to do it out of your own free will that you know I need to be there. I need to be there. That's why in the book of Acts, they were so strong and they added to the church daily. Why? Because they broke bread together and they fellowship with one another daily. Here we're trying to get you to come out two days a week. And we almost got to tell you, come on out. Everybody get $100. Come on, $100. Come on in. Give you $100. $100, $100, come on in, come on in, come on in. And that just, oh, I'm going to get my $100, get my, uh, 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 we, 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 we cutting out all that, you know, come to church, you, well, I don't know if I'm, okay, Bishop, because I was sharing with Bishop this week, I said, why are we giving folk redemption tickets for coming to church? That's your reasonable service. That ain't nothing extra. So guess what? And we cut that out. Why are we giving folks a ticket or something because they come to Sunday school? And we cut that out. No, when you do something extra, when you do something extra, that's when you should be rewarded. But just to come? Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. We got to pay you to come to church. God help us. Then we got to have extra. Come on, we got pizza party. We got hot dogs. We got hamburgers. We got popcorn. We got this. And we got that. We're going to do this. And we're going to go bowling. We're going to go. And then, so y'all to come to church. God is not pleased. Because this is your reasonable service. This is what we're supposed to do as believers. You're going to get your reward in heaven, baby. And we're looking for it down here. We're looking for rewards down here. But no, 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 no. You're going to be rewarded for when you get up there. Somebody help me out now because, see, I, 
saved, when we got saved and you missed church, you had to tell why you missed church. Well, now, well, I ain't seen them in about a week. I ain't seen them in about two weeks. I ain't seen them in about a month. Okay, well, let's call and see. They ain't call us. We call them. We call them. We work. When you miss work, do they call you? You better be calling them and saying, hey, I'm going to be late or else I won't be there because I got so-and-so going on. Y'all stop messing with me. Y'all be, I don't know, y'all be trying, y'all be punking me sometimes. Y'all be acting like, acting like, you know, well, they won't miss me. Yes, we do. We're going to miss you. We're going to be, we're going to miss you because you're supposed to be doing something on behalf of God. Serve God with your gifts and with your talents. You're sitting back there and we keep saying, hey, we need some help with the children. You know you love children. And we, hey, we need some help with the children. We're drowning. We're drowning. Cause y'all have the same people doing the same thing. And y'all are not doing nothing. Don't mention that nursery. Oh my goodness. Oh my the people that use the nursery don't want nothing to do with the nursery. Matter of fact, they send somebody else to drop the baby off because they don't want to go back there. God does not want us to beg you. I'm about done. I know you're about tired of me, but it's okay. All right. Amen. We, we, we need help, church. We need some help. We, I'm like, God, this is just too much. The pastors are, are, are stressing out. We got more pastors in, in counseling than ever before because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to do. They're trying to reach the people, and the people just, just treat them any kind of way. And, and, and when y'all want to miss, y'all miss. But pastor can't miss. He got to come out. His heart broke. He, he, you know, he going through in his own body, he or she, and, and just going through it. And, and, and then, you know, every day, it's something bad. So-and-so did. So-and-so that. So-and-so I, I mean, it's just so bad. And then folk won't show up. They're in counseling, and they're telling the pastors, you got to take you about a three-month sabbatical. The pastor said, how am I going to make it? I, I got a family. I got a family I'm going to take care of. I can't miss church for three, three months. Most African-American churches don't have it like that. They don't have it like that. Well, uh, well I can miss three. What? They don't have it like that. So you, that's why you keep your pastors lifted up in prayer and don't be talking about it. That's why they say pastors die early. They die early because they got all this on them. Oh, my goodness. 
So God has to help us through all of these different things. Pastor, I have to pray for me. I have to pray for him. Come on, honey, we're going to make it. Let's do this. We got to go here. We got to do this. All these different things that you got to do, all these different programs and all these different things that people expect of you. Some of the, some expectations are real unrealistic. We can't be to everything. We can't come to everybody game. We can't come to everybody this and everybody that. We can't do it. That's why we got leadership. You go. And when you go, you tell them that you're here on the behalf of the pastor and first lady. You don't sit there, pastor being by. No, you don't do that. No, you're the representation of the pastor and his first lady. Ooh, ooh. Y'all, listen, listen. This is the kind of stuff, the foolishness that we have to deal with on a week-to-week basis of things that we do in life, and then people expect you to come out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sometimes you have to muster up a praise. Sometimes you're just like, God, I don't have it in me, but please let the joy of the Lord be my strength today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, we want your gifts and your talents. And again, again, you have at least one gift to offer. You have at least one gift to offer. All right, supporting. Supporting the kingdom is a way to respond to God's love. Giving up your resources is showing God that you appreciate him for providing for you and your family. Why is giving of your tithes and offerings so difficult for most people when it's a benefit for you and your family? It's a benefit for you and your family. Every time you give your tithes and your offering, you're telling God, I appreciate you as well as I trust you. God, I trust you with my finances because he is the one that allowed you to get the job. He is the one that allows you to have the help and strength to go to a job. That's your appreciation to the Lord. I pray that God will enlighten your understanding so that you can see that it is not try- God is not trying to take from you, but he's trying to get something to you. And my money, all of it belongs to the Lord. And for you stingy people, you stingy people, you're so stingy, you hold on to stuff so tight. That's why God can't give you no more. But when you freely give, God says he will freely receive. Hallelujah. Do we believe the word of God in Luke 6 and 38 where it says, to give and it shall be given unto you. He said unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give unto you, your bosom. And you got to start teaching this at a young age. My little little Eli, help Lord. His little Gigi, he was helping with the little poncettas and, and, and picking up the, she said, pick up the leaves or whatever. And so she was giving, you know, giving some little money. She gave, I think it was $5, $5. He said, ooh, I had to get my tithes and offering. Ooh, I got to get my tithes and offering. And so, so Gigi says, she, she says, well, wait, they already took up the, they already took up the offering. You have to wait the church. Uh-uh. I'll go give it to my papa. I'm going to give my tithes and offering. I'm saying this is a four-year-old. 
You got to teach them and train them at this age. You got to teach them. And when they get older, they won't be struggling like a lot of uh, adults be struggling. I ain't, I ain't got it this time. I ain't got it this time. Well, when are you going to have it? Where, where are you going to have it? You ain't going to never have it in your own strength. This is a faith wall. You give and you know that God's going to take care of you. Oh, help us, Lord. And I'm to the end. I'm to the end. What we have to be reminded of is that when God's love comes towards us or he reminds us of his love, he wants us to respond to it. It would be a sad woman that would not respond to her husband's love. That's like Bishop B trying to do everything in his power for me. And I'm just sitting there, eh, eh. I don't want that. Why are you doing that? I don't know. And somebody sitting on the side said, ooh, I wished. Ooh, ooh, if I had a man that treated me like that right there. Ooh, I wished. And we said, yes, that's what you're supposed to do. Uh-uh. You take God for granted and stop taking each other for granted. God don't have to do anything, but he does it because he loves you. He does it because he loves you and me. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and let's stand. Here's the thing, one scripture that I did not go to. He said, now if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love God, you will keep his commandments. Um, I classify myself as a rule follower. But I tell our staff here, if we do what was required of us when state and health departments and Right from the start, all of them come in. You ain't got to run and scramble. You, you ain't got to put stuff all in the closet and hide this and hide that. And, uh, uh, oh, I hope she don't come in this room. And, oh, I hope he don't come this way. And, oh, detract him to go the other way. You don't have to do all of that. That's extra. That, that we put on ourselves because we, we don't want to follow rules. If we just follow rules and regulations and, and commandments, our lives would be so much better. So much better. But, but we want to make, make up our own rules now. But this, this, what the, this is the latest and the greatest. Well, is it according to the word? Or is that what you all are doing? If it's according to the word, I can go along with you. But if it's not according to the word, I can't go along with you. So when, when the Lord say, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's a lot of them in there, a lot of commandments in the Bible. But remember this again. 
All of the things that God says that we cannot do or should not do is for our benefit. He's just trying to keep you from hurting yourself, killing yourself. That's, that's the whole jest to it. And life won't be so hard. I think the Bible said the way of a transgression is hard. But if we just love God and do what God called and required us to do, life is so much the better. Um, Bishop and I, we often talk and sometimes he give me that, that, that talk about death and I don't like that, but I know it's necessary. But uh, he shared with me this week, he said, you know, babe, if, if the Lord take me or whatever, I want you to know that you have given me the best life I have ever had. And I, I concur with that. I have had the best life with being in Jesus and being with him. Marriage has enhanced me. It hasn't hindered me. It has enhanced me so that I, I, can, I can move forward and I, can, I have seen myself grow. I have seen myself, uh, uh, the, how they say, evolve into a, a woman of faith, a woman of God that I don't have to, you know, see if y'all like me or not. I want you to like me. I want you to love me. But if you don't, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good because I know who I am you got the problem I don't I'm good because I know who I am in God but God had to teach me and he gave me a man of God that speaks into my life and has given me the best the best kind of life that any woman could ever have now, now you say, well, I, I won't, now in your own right, you, you know where you are financially. Some things you can do, some things you cannot do. And you got to recognize that as a husband, as a wife. You already know that. But what I'm saying is, to the best of his ability, this man makes sure that I have everything I need and give me most of my wants. And I thank you for that, Bishop. I thank him for loving me because sometimes, sometimes, you know, we, we're not lovable. I'm just being honest. Sometimes we're not lovable. I get on his nerves or whatever, and bless his heart. Bless his heart. He just said, give me some sugar. Okay. But I want you to know that Christ loves you more than you will ever know more than you will ever know but I want you to respond to his love today respond to him by giving him your life respond to his love let them walls down people don't hurt you and, and you got them walls up people can't penetrate let them walls down give it all up to Jesus and let him love on you let him love you the way 
love you. I'm talking to the young people. You got a life ahead of you. And God knows that you got a lot of distractions. But you can make it. You can make it. You just got to give your life to the Lord. Yeah, like, oh, I want nobody to be picking on me. And when I go to school, they're going to be calling me a church girl. I'm like, girl, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. At least they're not calling you a garden tool. That's not a compliment, is it? But they let them call you a church girl. That's what they used to tell me all the time. You go to church too much. Well, I can't help it. That's the family I was born in. But I thank God I was in church instead of being out there with them doing what they're doing right now. Parents, teach your children. Teach your children how to love God. They are going to need every ounce of Jesus that they can get. Don't be playing with it. And I guess it's okay. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You have to tell them, no, you, you, you ain't going to be able to participate in that. I'm so sorry. But, Mommy, everybody's doing Everybody's not doing it because guess what? We're not. That's what I had to tell mine. No, we're not doing that. People, you're so hard on them. But thank God I was hard on them. they in church today. Praise the Lord. That's what it's all about.